Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 57 of the Dumbos and Dragons podcast. This is a very special episode because I did get Rachel Boland to join me live. This is about four or five hours after she finishes her very first Tough Mudder event. It was amazing. She was amazing. So very excited for her. Hear what she has to say. If you are thinking about or at all interested in Tough Mudders, they are amazing. I love them, uh, as you guys probably know if you've listened to the podcast. As well as we discuss Iron Fist. Um, it, the reason this is so late is because it's taken us a while to get through the show. So, yeah, so it's got that going for it. But in other news, happy Potiversary to us. Dumbbells and Dragons just turned one year old last week. I actually completely forgot about it and posted last week's episode without saying anything. So happy Potiversary to us. I did kind of make an announcement last week that we have some big news coming soon. I may be able to announce it by the time this posts, but I'm not sure. So stay tuned. Next week we should have, uh, I should be able to make the announcement. It's very exciting. Other than that, enjoy the conversation. Work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice, rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Alright, dragons, welcome to a very special episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Today, I am here. Smoking a wonderful stove with blogger and one of my very best friends, Rachel Bolin. You all love her stuff. We are here because we are going to be talking about two things today. One is Iron Fists, and two is Rachel earlier today finished her very first Tough Mutter. So first of all, wherever you are listening to this... uh. Give her a round of applause because Tough Mudders are the best event on the planet and everyone should do one at some point. Rachel, how are you feeling? I am very, very tired and um, my body is very cut up, but I feel good. It was a good experience. Just yeah? To, yeah, once the adrenaline roll, you know, wears off, it's uh, it's a bit painful. That's, that's where we are right now. It's a bit painful. Are you talking about the Tough Mudder or Iron Fist? <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> um, except the Tough Mudder is a good kind of painful where you feel like you've accomplished something, unlike watching Iron Fist. <laughs> All right. So obviously we don't know who else out there feels the same way about Iron Fist, but we... Do not like it. <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, really I am bad. struggling to get through this. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um... Should we just roll down our list of problems? No, not no. yet. Because okay. I want to, I wanna, like, I'm the guy who watched season one of Daredevil twice the first weekend it came out. I've watched Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil season two, all within four or five days of their release. Mm-hmm. I finished the season, you know, loved it. I was, I was always looking forward to the next episode. Iron Fist has been out for eight days now, and I'm just at episode 10, and I really don't have a desire to finish it other than I know I need to, to look forward for the Defenders. Right. So, and just so the listeners are aware, Kenny's at 10. Um, I just finished seven. Six. I thought that was seven. No, six. Oh, okay. Six. God. Um, <laughs> I, so, my... Uh, my issue, well, there's a lot, but I, I think pacing is a big issue. I think that they took too long building up the story in the first couple of episodes and dragging out things that weren't necessary. Um, they have some scenes that are just longer than necessary. They have uh, extraneous scenes that aren't necessary. And I think part of it goes back to they don't have enough material for a full 13 episode season the same way that you did for example, with Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Um, and so they're using these 
filler scenes, these filler plot lines. But the problem is, is that it's not interesting and it's not getting us where we need to be in the narrative. Yeah. And I think part of it is we've all discussed. We don't like Danny. Danny's terrible. He's not. Like, I think if you're a preteen, maybe you would like Danny. Well, yeah, because Danny sort of fits that same kind of um, that stereotype that we see a lot in like the post-apocalyptic teen novels. Like he's the chosen one, you know, like at at this young age, he he, you know, fell into this world and and he's the special one. He's that special snowflake that's going to save everybody. And so uh, but, but the problem is with this universe is that the rest of our heroes aren't like that and the rest of our heroes if anything are like reluctant heroes that just sort of like jessica jones doesn't want to fight crime she just kind of gets stuck doing it and and even luke cage you know he he gets pulled into it because of what's going on in his community yeah well and how i put it was you've got if you look at their alter egos you've got a blind guy who's trying to help lower income people with their legal troubles you have an alcoholic victim of sexual domestic violence you have a black man who is being unjustly persecuted by the police and other people outside of his community and then you have the rich white guy whining that nobody recognizes him he's so whiny can we talk about that for a second? The fact that yes. Danny is always talking about harnessing his chi and how he doesn't let outside things influence him, except he is the most emotional little bitch that we have ever <laughs> seen in the Marvel Universe. It's so true. I actually, it was, the, it was like in episode 9 or 10 where he says, I've spent 15 years harnessing my mental, emotional, and physical strength. Or he says something like that. And I'm just like, then why are you constantly bitching all the time and also if you spent 15 years harnessing all of your various strengths including mental strength why didn't you have a better plan when you strolled into new york city and just showed up at the Rand building like hey they're totally gonna believe this is me 15 years later it's not gonna work man right it's absolutely ridiculous and my wife veronica brings up a good point where He's just, he's not likable. He's, there's nothing redeeming about him. And it's like Ward Meacham is the relatable character. He's the only character that has realistic reactions to everything that is happening. And so we've been watching them here, uh, Kenny, myself, and Kenny's wife. And that's like a recurring theme that... All of the characters in this show do not react appropriately to the circumstances that they're faced with, except Ward Meacham. Like, everyone else, the way they react is not the way a normal person would react, and it's it's really a detriment to the storytelling. Because you can't relate to these characters, they're not realistic when they're reacting this way. Oh, I should say, and except also for Claire. Because, yeah. you know, but Claire's like so far in this universe now, she's like, really this shit again? Yeah. Yeah. But that's a, that's a realistic response for someone in Claire's situation who's already encountered three other superheroes. Yes. And, like, the thing about this show is I want to know – I want them to spend more time with Ward, more time with Colleen, more time with Claire. I don't really care about Joy. She's just as annoying, oh, mostly she's because she's, like, Danny's enabler. Mm-hmm. More time with Madame Gao. <laughs> Give me more Gao. Madame Gao's the best. What what else were we discussing about? About Iron Fist. About Iron Fist. Well, oh, no. Let's like, talk. Let's talk about the Danny Colleen hookup. Oh my god! And how Danny Rand has no sexual chemistry with any character in the show. We started playing a game where we would uh, see two characters on screen, and Kenny would say, "These two characters have more sexual chemistry than Danny and anyone else." No, like <laughs> personally, I thought when we first see when Claire is first introduced into this series. Her and Colleen have more sexual chemistry than Colleen and Danny. Joy and her brother Ward have more sexual chemistry 
than Colleen and Danny. But that's a whole thing. And then if you go back to <laughs> Daredevil season one, Madam Gao and Wilson Fisk have more sexual chemistry than Danny and Colleen. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, the only reason I'm at all interested to finish this show is to bridge the gap between the between Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and the Defenders. Right. I am just wa- well, I'm watching for that reason. And also, you know what? I really love Ward Meacham. Showed up for the Danny Rand, stayed for the Ward Meacham. Dude, Tom Pelfrey is an amazing actor. If you haven't seen the show Banshee, which Rachel, I know you haven't, go back and watch that show. It was on Stars, four seasons, ten episodes a season. Brilliant show. Is it Stars or Cinemax? You're right. Thank you. Cinemax. 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 The more you know. Sorry, Tom Pelfrey. <laughs> um, brilliant show. But yeah, it's just, it's like, I have, I really have no drive to sit down and watch this no. show on a nightly basis. It's like something you know you have to get through just to get to the next step. Yes. Yes. It's, it's an obligation. Yeah. More so than an enjoyable viewing experience. Yes, I agree. And, like, part of it is, I, I feel bad saying this. Finn Jones can't fight. Loras right. Tyrell cannot fight. Yeah. And when you're a living weapon, you should know how to fight. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And we talked a lot about how the, the fight scenes in Daredevil are a lot better than the fight scenes in Iron Fist, which when a blind lawyer is beating you at fight scenes, Iron Fist, I mean, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, you, you have issues, broski. You have issues. Yeah. But... It's like, and they haven't introduced a costume or a mask, <laughs> no. so it's like they can't even have a stunt double work on it. Right, and also, the other thing about Danny is he doesn't really have a secret identity, because there's this scene where he's saving someone or something, and he's fighting his iron fist, and he's like, oh, hey, I'm Danny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? This isn't how this works. Like, I feel that even if you spend 15 years in Kanlan... You should still have some socialization. There are still some social cues that transcend society. Well, remember, because he and his friend Davos did all these this fun stuff together. Sir Davos the Onion Knight? Sir Davos the Onion Knight. Did anyone else catch that? <laughs> and I'm curious, are we ever going to meet Davos? I don't know. Or are we going to have to wait 15 years? I really hope it's the actor from Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be absolutely brilliant if they just made that crossover. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. But I just have nothing more to say on Iron Fist. We're just really not happy about it. Yeah. Like, it's, not even, it's not even that we're mad. We're just sad, really. Just, we are just sad. Just disappointed. Like, and I'm wondering where the Marvel Universe is going to go after the Defenders. Because doing four seasons of a show with four characters Mm -hmm. and then having them come together in the Defenders, that's a lot of TV. That means everyone's getting one season every two years. Yeah. Less so if you include the Defenders. Well, I think it's also going to... depend on how the movie universe is going because I imagine if we're going into the direction of the Inhumans and all that with the next Avengers and crossing over with Guardians, I mean, that may have some impact on... Uh, I don't know, because obviously it's a much smaller scale, but like you could get new plot lines from what's going on in in the movie universe. Like You could get new big bads from... What's going on in the movie universe? Well, A, I don't think any of these characters need it. But B, it's it's just a lot of television to expect people to follow. It so, is, like, yeah. I'm kind of thinking that it's going to become three shows. The Defenders, Daredevil, and Heroes for Hire is going to be Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones. So, but they're definitely filming a second season of Jessica Jones, right? That was already... I believe so. I'm I not th- sure. Yeah, I think that was already filming. So we know that's happening. And then I don't know about Luke Cage season two. 
I don't either, but Luke Cage is brilliant. Yeah, well, Luke Cage definitely needs another season. Well, and to, to be honest, the, the traditional heroes for a hire is Iron Fist, mm-hmm. Luke Cage. And then Jessica Jones just came in because she married Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, read the comics. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Me either. I would like to see them team up at least Iron Fist and Luke Cage because I don't want another standalone Iron Fist show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, again, five seasons, like five separate shows right. is a lot. Like, we're not getting a new Daredevil this year. No. We're getting, I believe, a Daredevil and a Punisher next year. Oh, really? They're doing a Punisher series too? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but I think the Punisher is going to be independent of the Defenders. Okay. But so then you have... So then at the end of this year, we're getting the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Next year, we're getting Daredevil and the Punisher. The year after, we're probably getting Jessica Jones and either another Daredevil or a Luke Cage. Right. Probably a Luke Cage. Right. And so that means it's going to be another three years before you get another Defenders or a fourth season of Daredevil. Right. I mean, but I think I think the thinking behind that in terms of the marketing strategy is that people watching one are going to watch all of them. Or especially the Defenders. If you're watching the Defenders, you're probably watching all of them. Maybe if you're watching Daredevil, you're just watching Daredevil, but it would be odd if you were watching just the defenders and not the other shows that's true oh what else what else do i want to bitch about an iron fist if anything i think we covered it man covered it yeah we're over it we're over it totes over it totes over it um shining star of iron fist though tom pelfrey ward meacham ward meacham baller status 10 out of 10 would recommend 10 out of 10 would recommend you know what just for the ward if there was any member of the Iron Fist cast that I was wish was right here smoking a stove with us, it's Tom Pelfrey. It's Ward Meacham. Yeah, I take that. Or Madam Gal. Or Madam Gal. Yeah, because she's badass. She is badass. Like when you're actively rooting for the villain. Yeah, then you're doing something wrong. And there's with a your problem. Hero. Yes. Like at least Daredevil. Like I am. I empathized with Fisk but it's not like I was like oh yeah I'm rooting for him no he was a dick yeah definitely Rachel disagrees (laughs) I was totally cheering it's fine why do you hate Charlie Cox I don't hate him I just like the villain better in that series well Daredevil season one was Kingpin's origin story here have some more stoke I will by the way, in case anyone doesn't know what a stogue is or a stogie, it's a cigar. We're having victory cigars. Why are we having victory cigars, Kevin? Because we just ran a top matter. We just ran a top matter. This is actually a very great episode because it actually does what Dumbbells and Dragons is set out to do, which is combine nerd, nerd and, and fitness. fitness. Yes, exactly. So we've talked about the nerd stuff. Now let's talk about some fit stuff. Tough mutter. Tough mutter. So today was the official... Uh, 2017 Tough Mudder season launch, although there was a Tough Mudder last weekend in New Orleans. Um, LA is always their official, you know, season kickoff event. It's usually got one of the biggest turnouts of the year. Um, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. Um, a little colder than it normally is here in LA, uh, in end of March. But, Rachel... Tell everyone out there how you were feeling. Well, first, what got you to sign up? <laughs> uh, what got me to sign up? That's a complicated answer. Um, I guess the short answer is that I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. Yeah. Um, so, in case you don't know, listeners, Kenny and I have been friends for about 10 years. Jesus. Dear God. And uh, Kenny has been trying to push me into running a Tough Mudder for a very long time. And I always said no, and I always said no. And I part of it was because I thought I couldn't do it. And 
the only person I knew who thought I could do it was Kenny, and Kenny thinks anyone can do anything, so I didn't really trust his opinion. <laughs> um, and I would say, like, oh, well, I'll train, and then I'll sign up. And Kenny's whole thing is he says, don't, don't train and then sign up. Sign up and then train, which is true. So um, I was trying to get a, a jump start on my life, and it was New Year's Day. And as one does on New Year's Eve... I had had a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> so on New Year's Day, I wasn't feeling great. And I was like, you know what, Rachel? You're going to do something for you. You're going to do something to get your life on the right path. You're going to do a Tough Mudder. Yeah. And so I just did it. I just signed up. Now, listeners, I also didn't train. <laughs> so Kenny's whole sign up and then train, that's a great idea in theory. Didn't really happen. So I, I shouldn't say that. I exercise regularly but i did not train like train for a tough mother um however i'm here to tell you that i finished it and it was very difficult but it was fine and if i can do it you can do it because if if i can do it with just like you know my minimal exercise anybody anybody can go out there and do it it's the i was very surprised at how much it was a mind over matter thing yeah. It really is. It's. Because here's here's the other thing. Like, and if you've never been to a Tough Mudder course, and I hadn't before today, everyone's different. But, like, this one was just, like, hills and hills and hills, right? So you walk up a hill, walk, because you can't run because it's so freaking steep. And there are, like, some really jacked dudes, like, running up the hill. And you're like, okay, more power to you, sir. But most people are just, like, trudging up there because it's so bad. And you're, like, halfway up. And I really just wanted to quit. Every time I was halfway up a mountain, I just wanted to quit. But what what are you supposed to do? You can't quit. Like, like you you actually can't. Like you're you're on halfway up a mountain. You have to just keep going and get to the top of the mountain. It's not an option. Like eventually you're gonna make it to like a water medic area where if you really want to quit, you can. But like when you're when you're in the middle of the mountain, you just have to keep walking. Yeah. Um. And it's intense, man. I mean, this the LA course is not. It's not an. E- it's not one of their easy courses. It's not a flat course. There's no. a lot of elevation changes, and everyone thinks that when they when they see the words ten miles, they get super super intimidated. Yeah, and it's like. The distance isn't what does it. No, the distance isn't what does it. And also, you're not going to run 10 miles. You're going to run the first two miles, and then you go, well, on our course, and the next mile was the mud mile, uh, which obviously you can't, you know, when you jump into pools of mud, you know, and then you get out of the pools of mud, you're not really running after that. Like, you know, maybe you can jog a little bit, but, like, most people are just taking their time. Because also, nobody cares what your time is. Yeah, the reason I love Tough Mudders is because it's most, um, everything but the first heat of the day is untimed. It's, it's not about your course time, it's about completing it, and it's about pushing yourself further than you did the day before. And if that means you signed up, and you showed up, and you ran a mile, and then you had to, you know, tap out for whatever reason, that's fine. Because you'll show up the next time and you'll run two miles. Or you show up the third time and you'll run three miles. It's about constantly pushing yourself further than you did the time before. And that's what I love about Tough Mudder. Like, there's always people there who are walking it. And then there are people there, like, there are people who can finish that 10-mile course in, like, two hours. Like, ridiculously fit people. A majority of the people who do it are taking a 20-minute mile, a 30-minute mile. Like, it's taking you – it took us four and a half hours? I don't think it was that long. I think it was – It was between four and four and a half hours. I think it was about four. Yeah. Um, To get through the course, I mean, I I was just – so it's and it's like you're you're keeping pace with a lot of the same people, be- yeah. and you know this because you're seeing them at every obstacle, and you're saying hi, and you're talking, and you're getting to know one another. Yeah. 
And so I had never run 10 miles before in my life. The most I'd ever ran was uh, six miles. Um, and so when I hit, when we hit the mile seven marker, a part of me was just like, you can quit now. And like, you've done more than you've ever, ever done before. I mean. Dude, you broke a personal best. I did. That's awesome. Also, to all those listeners who are thinking about doing this, um, one thing that I was really worried about that uh, is not the case, um, as Kenny's saying, like, everybody's doing it at different paces. I was really worried because, like, I've known people that have done this, like, you know, Kenny and another one of our friends, Ted. Hey, Ted. And, uh, and <laughs> they're, like, real. they're really buff guys. Like, they're really in shape, you know? And so I was worried that I was going to get there and be, like, the only girl who, like, was clearly not like a super athlete and that's not it at all you get there and there are people of every age every body type every body size um you know you i mean which is like really reassuring but not only that we're like trudging up the mountains and like as you're trudging up the mountain and you can't breathe and you're thinking why the hell did i do this i'm gonna push kenny off the mountain and like (laughs) i look behind me and this like super fit guy is like right behind me and like he can't do this either like he's also like puffing and puffing you know so it's like it, it's an equalizer for all for a bunch of different types of people no matter what your fitness level is oh yeah um and it's it's like they a lot of the mountains and the hills are equalizers because people aren't used to just running up and down yeah. and it doesn't matter how fit you are it's still a challenge. And, like, also, it doesn't matter how fit you are when you're running down a mountain. Like, you don't have to be fit. It's all about, like, agility, kind of, and and wearing the right shoes so you don't yeah. slide down the mountain. Yeah, that's um, very important. Going down the mountain was a lot scarier than going up the mountain. Because, like, you're just, like, looking at this, like, vertical slant down. Oh, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. And, yeah. So, what were some of your most favorite parts of the Tough Mudder? So, um, I actually really liked the Arctic Enema, which, for those of you that don't know, you, um, climb up, uh, you just climb up something and then you go, you slide down this tube and you slide into freezing cold water. And when I say freezing, I mean freezing. It is ice water. They're, They're they do constantly, constantly refresh it. it with ice. And that's, like, it's another thing where you can, like, psych yourself out about it and say, I can't do it, I can't do it. But, like, no, you can. You you can do it. It's not going to be physically pleasant. But it's not it's not going to kill you. You're going to be fine. You just slide into the water. Now, did I immediately jump out of the obstacle and not finish <laughs> the obstacle? Yes, I did. But the point is, is that I did fall into the freezing cold water. Um Likewise, with the uh, at the very end, the electroshock therapy. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's oh. talk. Let's let's keep talking about Arctic Enema real okay. quick. So, Arctic Enema, you slide down the tube, and then you're supposed to swim beneath a cage and then under a wall. And it's, I mean, you're underwater for maybe five seconds. Um, but that's again, actually pretty long. Freezing but it's water. really cold water, and you like like Rachel said, you can psych yourself out about it, but the human body has the physical capability to do it. Right. Like anybody's physical body has the capability to do these things. It's just it's really those mental blocks that people have. And it's really encouraging to see people overcome those mental blocks. I know Rachel she she hopped out in the middle of it, which is fine. Like, ain't no shame in that game. But a couple miles down down the down the the path, she was like, I should have done it. I could have done it. I could have done the entire thing. And it's like it's like, yeah, you could have. But what's done is done. Right. Your next one, remember this moment and do it then. Right. And now, to be fair, some things are not mind over matter. Like, for example, we can talk about Everest. <laughs> so, Everest is... Everest, if you're familiar with American Ninja Warrior, it's a warped wall. Where it's just a uh, curved wall that you have to run up. And people can help pull you up. Um, but you... So, so to be clear, you can't run up the... I mean, like, you can run up to a certain point on the wall, but then you really have to, like... 
have the wingspan to to grab the the edge, the top, or like leap at the end of your run. Did you not see me? Did you see me do the do Everest? You didn't climb up, or you didn't run up the entire thing though. Like you were able to like get to the point where you grabbed yourself and then pull yourself up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what you meant. Okay, yeah. yeah. There's there's. But then uh, there's a lip that you grab that you right. can pull yourself up. Right. But it's very difficult, and if you don't have, well, I, I would say most people needed help getting up. Oh yeah, ninety percent of the people. Yeah. So I tried that three times, and I didn't make it. But I tried it three times. But it was just, it was not going to happen that day. Like, I, I just, I didn't have the speed or the whatever to, to make that happen. Um, but I, I tried. I gave him my all. Yeah, dude. You, you beast. I mean, and it, like. It hurts going down. <laughs> it hurts. Not really. I mean, it's no. fine. I did it two more times, so it didn't hurt that bad. I know, so but. it didn't hurt. It obviously didn't hurt that bad. Um. It was just my pride. What was another one of your favorites? Um, no, you know what? What was your least favorite? So, I, I mean, like, of the ones that I actually completed, I liked all of them. Um, so the ones that I didn't complete were, like, the ones where you had to climb over crap because I don't have any upper body strength and I have issues with heights. So I'm, like, very fearful of, like, being up on the top of a wall, like... And falling off of it. So I, I didn't like that I wasn't able to do those. But otherwise, like, everything that we did I thought was fine. Like, there was nothing that I hated doing. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about more of your favorites. So there's nothing you didn't like. Okay, actually, the one that I didn't like. I liked that I could do it, but it wasn't a pleasant experience. You're going to disagree. You like this one. Uh, Augustus Gloop. Okay. You get into a pool of water. And you go to a tube that, uh... You climb straight up a tube, completely vertical, while there's hoses of water, essentially just showering you with water. Yeah. So, like, you can't see what you're doing. So, like, you you really have to... Like, so you can't see up. Like, you cannot look up. You cannot see how much much further you have. It's really a matter of just... Tr- like trusting your shimming yourself, up this shimming, tube, shimming this up, tube. and like trying trusting your your body to to go to the right places when when you're looking for the handles in the tube. Yeah. I didn't like that because I didn't. I just I didn't felt like I didn't have a great control over. It. I mean, I'd do it again, but yeah, I didn't love it. Oh, see, I love that one. That one's so super fun. Makes me feel so clean. Um, and then there's always everyone's one of you know. I think that everyone has this one as one of their favorites is King of the Swingers. It is fun. But I think it would I don't think that everybody would because I think that'd be very scary if you're afraid of heights. If you are afraid of heights, King of the Swingers is you're on a platform about twenty feet over water, you jump to this handlebar which swings you out over the pool of water and you try to smack a bell. So by the time you're falling, you're falling twenty, twenty five <laughs> feet of water. Yeah. Like you're falling, you're falling pretty far, and it's fun, man. There's there's only one other experience where I felt that similar to flying, and it was skydiving. Wow, that makes sense. And it was, like, I love that obstacle. I would do that obstacle all day. All day. So I did not jump out to grab the bar because I knew that I wasn't going to get it, so I just jumped in the water, which is okay. And they said that up there. They're like, if you can't make it, just jump in the water. But you're still jumping off a 20-foot platform into water. Into water, Which yeah. is terrifying. Very. Um, trying to think of some new obstacles that they busted out. Um, Shawshank's not new. Shawshank's not new. Okay. Hey. Hey. Dogs, stop Sorry, barking. we got dogs. We got dogs. We got dogs. dogs. It's all right. All you listeners, you my dogs. Actually, so I think, you know what, you know what I wish they would change? What so, would they change? So, uh. One of the well, so one of the first things we did was the mud mile, which is like exactly what it sounds like. You're running in pools of water, and you have to climb over like hills of mud, and it's gross, but like not not that gross. I wish that the the kiss of mud or whatever yeah had been like the second obstacle. The kiss of mud is where you have to get on the ground and basically army crawl through mud because you're going under barbed wire fence, and so like you can't you can't get up. Like you have to be on your 
your belly, like crawling through the mud. But it's like once you get through that, you're like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is this is as gross as I'm gonna get today. So, for sure, yeah. But yeah. it's not bad. I mean, you can do it. So, what everyone is always scared of is the electroshock therapy. Yes. How did you feel? Well, no, first of all. How did you feel like in the weeks leading up to the Tough Mudder about electroshock? And then once you got to LA, how'd you feel about it? So I thought it was going to kill me. Um, I (laughs) spent a lot of time thinking like, what if I have a secret heart condition? And if I get shocked by electroshock therapy, like, am I going to die? And then Kenny has to give a eulogy about she almost finished the Tough Mudder. (laughs) I I would say very nice things about electroshock. (laughs) About the Tough Mudder. Um, because it's it's just one of those it's this actually it's like the same as the the enema it's like the fear of the unknown you you hear that you're going to be shocked and you think that sounds terrible um, and if you're like me and you've stuck your finger in a light socket before when you were a child you know it's not pleasant so you just conjure up all these like really scary ideas of how, like how badly it's going to hurt um, so that's where my head was up to the point where I'm like there in front of it. <laughs> And I stood there for a while and I watched a couple people go through and again, they were like big dudes. <laughs> and when they get shocked, they'd be like, ah! <laughs> and I was like, listen, I can do this too. It's fine. And I actually, I think I only got shocked once. If I got shocked more than that, I didn't notice it. Um, but it was fine. Yeah. It's, it's really not that bad. There's been times. Okay. So how did you feel about it? going through like were you scared at all no, of getting I, shocked no i wasn't i thought it was really fun it was like <laughs> i was just i thought like okay i just have to i have to do this if i'm done if i do this then then the whole thing is over just make it through it's not that yeah. long just run yeah and, I, and she did it yeah and i that yelped was fucking awesome. and you yelped you did yelp <laughs> when i got shocked it's just like and it's also just because like you don't know what's happening like you don't you don't know when it's going to get you yeah you just, and it gets you. Yeah, you just keep your head down so it doesn't get you in the face. Put your arms up, guard your face. Yeah, then you're fine. We yeah. saw we saw one dude run it backwards. Oh yeah, this dude. This dude was a monster. If anyone's familiar with the Iron Cross, it's you just hold your arms. It's well, it's actually when you're on the ground and you like support yourself just on your butt, but you hold yourself up pretty much by your abs. This dude walked through electroshock backwards, holding his arms out so he would hit every single wire. And so this dude's getting shocked nine, ten times. A lot, yeah. He's getting shocked all the time, and he did it. And that dude, I was like, you are a badass, man. Yeah, Like, I think you're stupid. Right. Real stupid. Like... I think you derive sexual pleasure from electricity. <laughs> There's something wrong with your head. Yeah. Um, no, I... Oh, I also... Sorry, just to go back to something else earlier when you were asking yeah. about my least favorite. Honestly, the worst part was the hill. The hills. Oh, yeah. Uh, the multiple hills. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that was terrible. I'm very much in the same position where it's like the actual running of the course, the actual course itself, is my least favorite. I love the obstacles. I love all the obstacles. I was I was fine running on on the flatland and like the little baby hills, but like when you're when you're hiking up a mountain, yeah, like it's it, rough. No, no thanks. Oh, um, are you gonna do another one? I would love to do another one. I would definitely do another one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. There you go, people. No end. I I want to say I think my favorite obstacles are King of the Swingers. Funky Monkey, and they're always redoing Funky Monkey. Yeah, adding, adding cooler shit. Yeah. Um. Before before this one, it's Funky Monkey: The Revolution, where there's a bunch of rotating wheels that you have to hop across. Kind of, you have to swing across. Last year, it was. There was, like, a trapeze bar, and you had to grab onto a pipe, so then you had to shimmy down this pipe. Um, It was really cool. It was a really cool obstacle, and they just keep, they just keep one-upping themselves on Funky Monkey. It's, it's some good stuff. Um, 
And then their new obstacle, Kong. Uh, it's Legionnaire only, so you have to have had run one Tough Mudder previously. But it's just a series of five uh, rings, and you have to swing across. But okay, you're he like, says just it's not just. You're I like mean, what, fifty feet in the air, forty feet? Oh in yeah, the air? oh yeah, you're high. And like it's it's also one of those, at least from a spectator. Like, you have to just, like, go into it and, like, use your momentum. Because, like, I saw one kid who got it back, but he, like, went on the ring, but, like, didn't use his body weight to swing to the next one. So he's just kind of hanging there. Oh, God. And he had to, like, you know, he, he was able to, like, kick his legs out and, like, regain momentum. But it's, you know, that's that's the other thing about a lot of these obstacles. Like, you just can't think about it. Well, and the thing is, a lot of people, they try to do it like monkey bars and how some people will put one hand on a monkey bar and then bring their second hand to the monkey bar and then just go one, 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 one instead of swinging. Yeah. You know, and with, with the, with the rings, you really have to swing yourself because you have to use the momentum to pull yourself back Yeah, and then swing forward. Yeah. Um, and that's really fun. And then I just decided to jump off the platform onto the landing pad because I didn't want to climb down. He did that. That's true. It was fun. How was that? Was that jump? That was the funnest part. Yeah. It's really high. <laughs> I like, know. I looked down and I was like, I was like, this is really high. I really wish I hadn't told Rachel that I was just going to jump off. You didn't tell me that. Oh, no. I told the guy behind me in line. Oh, okay. I told the guy behind me in line. I was like, hey, don't go right after me because I'm going to jump onto the, the pad because I don't want to climb down. And then I looked at how high it was, and I was like, oh, God. See, you can't think about it. I know. And so I just jumped. Yeah. Like, my best electroshock story mm-hmm. was, so, sometimes I would just stand at electroshock for, like, five, ten minutes. One time I was there for, like, 20 minutes and just staring at it, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. But my best was I was running a Tough Mudder in England. And for those of you who know me, I always run with an American flag arm sleeve on. So I'm in England. And obviously people realize I'm an American because I'm running with an American flag arm sleeve. Right. And I was like, I'm the only American on this course. I'm representing my entire country. (laughs) I did not hesitate for shit at electroshock therapy. I barreled into it like a bat out of hell and I just ran straight through. I don't even remember if I got hit, but did, I did you, you did you do a USA chant at the end? No. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But I did I went up to to the guys who were like hosting who had the mic and they were like what's with the arm blah 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 where are you yeah. visiting from? And I'm like I'm from Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And I was completely honest, it was the, one of the best, muddiest, dirtiest, amazing courses because it's in northern England yeah. and it was raining the entire oh, time. Yeah. And so it was just, it was freezing cold. It was like 45 or 50 degrees out. Oh, it was cool. raining and I was just, I was miserable the entire time. But I just told these guys how beautiful their country was, and they loved me for the rest of the day. Yeah. As as uh, my wife and I are walking around, and we're just, like, going to all the different vendors, because they have all different vendors over there, yeah. and all different food trucks and stuff. We could hear the announcers going, and Kenny the American from Los Angeles says this is the dirtiest, <laughs> muddiest course, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was great. I, I would love to run another one in... Uh, overseas i would love to do australia australia have them in australia australia has about like four or five events a year what that'd be crazy um england and germany have a lot too let's go to germany all right let's go i'm down boom done um this is out bummer our stoke's out so sad no more stoke i guess that means the podcast is about is about done probably um how do you feel about Tough Mudder Kenny? What's your opinion on Tough Mudder Kenny? Tough Mudder Kenny is peak Kenny. So if you know the <laughs> Kenny that you hear on the podcast, it's Tough Mudder. Uh, Tough Mudder Kenny is Kenny amplified. Kenny to the max. Kenny to the max. Kenny mode. That's true. 
Um, you know what I will say that I was kind of disappointed about? So I didn't, I didn't feel like we met that many other Kennys. Like, I was, I mean, like, on the obstacles, people are, like, encouraging and, like, people pull you up. But, like, like to, to give you guys an example, like, when you're running, like, Kenny will just, like, stop in the middle and put his hands out and be like, everybody give me high fives, give me high fives, good job, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. But uh, there weren't a lot of people doing it. Like, some people would stand on, like, the top of the mountains and, like, yeah, good job, guys, good job. But I was, yeah. was kind of hoping for more, like, you know, more energy from the group as a whole. Okay. You know and, I mean? and I can see that. And that... That can kind of vary from course to course. Yeah. Um, I am a unique individual. I mean, I mean I'm aware of that. <laughs> There's only um, one Kenny. No, that's not true. Kenny found another Kenny. And I of found course, two other Kennys. That was a joke that went on all day. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Um, no, you know, I mean, I can see that. I can see that. Sometimes it does take a while for people to get in that mood. And I think one of the reasons was it was kind of cold in the morning, which kind yeah. of subdued everybody. Yeah. We had a weird uh, group that we left with, too. Like, it wasn't as full as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. They, there yeah. was some miscommunication between yeah. the 8 and 8.15 and 8.30 yeah. heat times. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I, I'm not saying it was a bad experience, obviously. Like, and obviously, everyone was like very positive and very helpful, and like, um, you know, I mean, people like pulled me up and over shit. So, yeah, no hating there. I appreciate them, but uh, but you know, like I, I, I want a little more, a little more upbeat camaraderie. Upbeat camaraderie. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Well, I will see you. If we can improve that for the next time. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, well, oh, I do want to say, I really do want to say this. I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If you are thinking about doing it or you're not thinking about doing it or you're thinking, why am I even listening to this? These people are crazy. You really <laughs> should do it. And like, as I was, I don't remember what mile, I think I was on mile six or something. And I thought to myself, like, everybody should be required to do one of these in their lives. Like, I don't want to get like hokey on you, but it, it, it really is such a test of like, not not just your I mean your physical abilities obviously it's going to be put to the test but like it's just such a test about like what can you do as a person like what what are your limitations your and mental grit your mental grit and like this is something that like if you had told me a year ago that I would have run this I would never have believed you um but I did it and I and I proved to myself that I can do it I mean and that was the only point in doing it but i think it it helps you realize how much you are capable of because you are capable of a lot more physically and mentally than you think that you are um and if you think i'm too out of shape i can't do it that's just not true because i'm not i'm in okay shape but not great shape and i obviously did it and there were people there that were in way worse shape than me and they did it so yeah you can do it too and I think it's a really good experience. Right. Um, one last piece of advice from each of us? Sure. Or one last final thoughts on the Tough Mudder? Yes. You want me to go first? You go first. Um, do not wear ankle socks. <laughs> Actually, no, this is very important. Really think long and hard about what you're going to wear. Because, number one, I wore ankle socks, which are fine when I'm running. But with the mud and the wetness and all that, they, like went down so far in my shoe that my the back of my ankles were just chafing against my shoes and so now my ankles are completely bloody um and also uh, i had like capri pants but like you're crawling in mud so like my legs are all torn up um you know you're gonna be in the sun so just think about these things before you get out there and also think about your shoes we saw one guy who had like shoes without tread on them or something yeah i don't even understand that but he's like trying to make it over the mountain and he makes this comment about how i didn't pick the right shoes well so you should get shoes with tread on them <laughs> it's true um you absolutely should have shoes with tread on them um the one thing i tell people about the tough mutter is no matter what you're going through in life after you hit up a tough mutter and you complete a tough mutter um it turns the volume down on everything 
negative. I remember after my first Tough mutter, my boss came into my office and was yelling at me about something. And I realized that I was like, I ran through electricity two days ago. Right. Like, I can deal with whatever you've got to throw at me, buddy. Like, and so we just turn the volume down on everything negative. And it's such an amazing feeling to know that, okay, you did this. So no matter what life is throwing at you, you can handle. And it's awesome that way. So. And to add on that, I think. Likewise, like for me, part of this was like an overcoming fear thing because I'm like afraid of everything. I told Kenny basically in every obstacle, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> like in the middle of every single obstacle, I thought to myself, this is I'm just going to I'm just going to die. I'm just going to stay here in this tunnel. I'm going to stay here on this ladder from hell. I'm going to stay here on this mountain. And that's it. Um, but it's about. It's about m- moving past that fear. And so I think that that bleeds into everyday life, too, like. You know, if you're whatever, you're you're not speaking up at work about something because you're afraid of the consequences. You're, you know, afraid to apply for that job. You're, you know, afraid to, to go back to working on your hobby, whatever that is, like, because you think of all these disaster situations that are going to happen. Like, you jumped into freezing water, right? And you yeah. came out fine, right? So, like, what's going to happen if you apply for that job? What's yeah. You're fine. Climbing like, over ten just, foot walls. What are you yeah, worried right. about? Like you just, it's it's it helps eliminate fear of mundane things. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, dragons. Uh, yeah, follow us on social media. See where I'm running next. I know I'm already signed up for Dallas at the end of September. Probably going to be doing Southern California Tough Mudder at the. Uh, end of November, probably do Vegas, uh, team name. When I decide to create the teams and register, will be dumbbells and dragons. Join me. We'll hang out. It'll be a good time. Other than that, Rachel, anything else? Um, in a couple months, twin peaks is coming back. Oh yeah. We're going to do some recaps for those. Um, we got actually some exciting content coming up for you soon. That's awesome. Um, cause we have those recaps coming up. Um, there are some pretty good movies coming out. Dragons, we're going to probably try to do a podcast for Guardians. Yes. Which comes out early May. And Kenny and I may be doing uh, a podcast to uh, count down to the new Alien movie. Countdown to Covenant. Countdown to Covenant. So if you are a fan of those movies, I highly encourage you to uh, stay tuned to social media. We'll let you know when we're going to be uh, watching the old ones. All right. And on that note, workout nerd out, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.